Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Rooted Deep, a podcast featuring Reba Bowman and Allison Hale. Welcome to the Rooted Deep podcast. And if you've been joining us uh, last week and this week, you know that we are doing something a little different. We're not only on the podcast, but we're also video casting this on our YouTube channel. And so it's really kind of a cool opportunity, Allison, because we get to have different guests with us and we're talking about the decades and right. getting perspective from every decade, uh, which is, is, I'm excited. We've done the 20s. Today we've got Caitlin and we're doing the 30s and so I think this is going to be fun. I've enjoyed it so far but I think one of the one of the most stressful parts about it is when we were talking about all of these wonderful women that we know and that we've interviewed or we're planning on interviewing the question is oh I want to interview this person it's like now how old are they and then you kind of like and then you <laughs> We think you'd be perfect for an interview. How old are you? And um, I nailed it with Caitlin. Thankfully, I I had it right. But I was like, "You're too young to have. Uh, you're too young to be forty. But you've done so much. So I think it's like way. I don't know. And so can't it was be like, twenties. It done can't too be twenty. Right? And yeah. so you, you know. And so anyway. So we were excited. And Caitlin is somebody that we have known from afar, and now we're getting we're getting to know her a lot better. Um, because she is connected to our good friends at New Hope Girls. And so we're so thankful for the ministry and the passion that she has for that. And so, Caitlin, go ahead and uh, just tell us a little bit about yourself and welcome. Thank you. This is so fun. And I love being part of the Decade Series. What a great way to jump in. Um, yeah, I think that my story is a really um, different story maybe than most. I started my career as a police officer. So that was my first job out of college. And I thought that was going to be my forever job. And it really was from this place of loving justice and seeking to come alongside people um, in, in vulnerable places or tough places. But my career has since evolved in a lot of different ways to include doing marketing communications, public relations. I had my own business um, that I skilled and sold. And in this most recent iteration, as you mentioned, I work for New Hope Girls, which is just a dream. It is a dream to use all of those gifts and talents to bless this ministry, to come alongside and do this important kingdom work. And um, so that's where I sit right now. I also am a blogger and a writer, and I have a book coming out, or it's launching. I have a book launching this year um, called Worth It and Wonderful. So just a lot of exciting things going on, um, definitely fueled by a love for Jesus in everything that I do. That's awesome. Now, I know you're, 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 there's, Personally, um, tell us a little bit about yourself on a personal side. You know, um, tell us about your family. Just give us a little uh, insight into where you sit as a woman in her 30s. Absolutely. So I have a really um, special, sweet little family. I have two children with my husband, Adam. We have a 10-year-old and a 9-year-old. I love this season of parenting so much. I don't know that I was such a great newborn parent um, or baby, baby parent, but now that I have kids that want to um, involve me in play and discussion and their little thinking partners, I just love this season so much. Um, we live in Southwest Virginia. We live just on the outskirts of a university community. So we have this blend of like quiet place that we live, but we can pop into town for whatever we need. Um, so I love that as well. And then in terms of like, who am I and what, what do I like to do when not working and writing? 
Um, well, I really love fuzzy socks. So that's like one of my quirky little things is I'm always wearing fuzzy socks, love being cozy on the couch with a journal, um, big coffee drinker, and I love to run. So those are some of the things that are kind of like the daily rhythms or pretty yeah. consistent rhythms in my life. Very cool. So that's awesome. So looking, I've got in front of me the generational chart, and we're always talking these days about, you know, millennials and Zoomers and boomers, and I'm Gen X all the way. Um, it's the best generation. And, uh, but you are on the low, you are on the, you're an early millennial. In other words, um, uh, you're not quite the Gen X, but, um, a little, and so you're in your thirties. So tell tell us what's something different from, you know, from when you went in your twenties and it sounds like you've had so many opportunities and different jobs and different, um, just like you said, different iterations of who Caitlin is, but what's different about you in your 30s versus you in your 20s? Yeah, well, I think first from like a category perspective, I like to consider myself an elder millennial. So I am, I'm an elder millennial. I'm like right in between, as you noted. You know, I think what's different is that in 30s, I feel a sense of freedom to be myself that maybe I didn't feel in my 20s. I think in my 20s, there was kind of this, this soul searching in a sense. Now, I don't mean soul searching in terms of like, who is Jesus? Like I, in my twenties, my, my faith was solid and, and I'm so grateful for that. But I think trying to understand how do I show up? Um, how do I show up as who God has made me to be and how he's equipped me? And what does that look like? I think the twenties is really where I got my feet under me of just feeling certain that it's okay if it changes. And, and it's okay if you go from cop to entrepreneur to spokesperson, and then maybe even some other things on the other side of that. That's where I really came alive in myself to feel free to just be fluid for whoever God wants me to be and how he wants me to use um, gifts and talents to bless. So that's major difference to the 30s as compared to 20s. Well, I like that because I think sometimes fluid is scary. Yeah. Um, you know, we feel like somehow it's wrong. And even sometimes I think we feel it's wrong. It's like, okay, no, I'm supposed to know. I'm supposed to have this this you know recipe for my life mapped out and and when somebody asked me what do you do i'm like okay here's my life plan you know so then when all of a sudden things begin to get fluid it, it all of a sudden feels sometimes like oh man maybe i don't have this together like i should so i love how you put that because i honestly think that's really the way you discover your best self yeah i think you're so spot on and i think allowing to ourselves to lean into the fluid piece is also a faith strengthening piece because how much more comfortable is it to say, I know the five-year plan. I know what my career is going to look like and I'm going to have the 2.5 kids and the white picket fence and the perfect Instagrammable family. But when you can release to the Lord and you can say, I have ideas, I have what I call inklings and I have things swirling, but Lord, it's your will. And if you take me places like for me, if you take me to the Dominican Republic, which I would have put on the never ever will I be that person to do a mission trip. That's not me. That's not how the Lord's equipped me. And look what he did with it, with a brave yes and just the faith piece. And now where he's brought me. So I am all about that faith um, and fluid journey and seeing what God does next. That's really cool. Really cool. So let me ask you this. What's something that maybe has surprised you in your 30s? Uh, as you've left the 20s, is there anything that's kind of surprised you a little bit? Well, you maybe you weren't expecting uh, to find at this point in your life. 
Oh, that's such an interesting one. Well, I do think in some ways I do feel older and maybe that sounds silly to say, but when I hang out with college kids now, there was this time in my early thirties or my late twenties that I felt like I was still a peer, like, oh, I'm still cool. I'm still like them. And now in my mid thirties, I am very aware I'm not in my twenties and I'm very aware I don't understand the lingo and the fashion that's cool and I'm okay with it, but I am, I am aware that I am growing older and life is changing. And I think maybe that's a piece of it too, as I talk through this answer is in my twenties, I was like, what do they mean? It goes so fast and I'm going to have babies forever. And this toddler stage and potty training, it's never going to end. And now I sit in my mid thirties and I fight those bittersweet feelings of babies aren't babies anymore. And we're looking at having a middle schooler in the next, um, you know, next six months in the fall. And that feels wild to me. And time really does fly quickly. And and so that has hit me harder than maybe I would have expected in the previous decade. That happened, you know, that happened to me on a, when we were back home presenting the ministry, Gary and I have always been the young missionary couple that's yeah. like just whatever. And even, even, you know, 15, we've been here 15, 16, 17, now 19 years in the Dominican. And we were introduced as the veteran missionaries. And there was a little missionary couple, first of all, veteran missionaries, not a big fan, but then there was a little missionary couple. And it turns out I had babysat her um, in language school. Like, and I was like, excuse me, no, 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 go back to the nursery, baby. Cause I'm this, I'm still. And so it is, you know, thirties and forties, you're realizing, wait a minute, I am not the young, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm, I've got, I've got 10 years on you, Caitlin, but it's one of those things that you're just like, holy cow, it does go fast. And that's, oh, I girls, mean, I think wait till you get to your fifties. <laughs> <laughs> just hang on a minute. It like, hang it's on. like downhill, right? You know, I know it's good. Yeah. But I think that's exciting. So what, you know, what are some positive surprises? You kind of went, you know, into a little bit, it wasn't negative at all. I think it's just one of those things that you're just like waking up to. Um, So what are some positive things that have happened now that you are, wow, I'm 30 something, whatever. And you don't have to say your age. It's just a general, you could be 31 or you could be 39. That's how, you know, it doesn't matter to us. There you go. Yeah, no, I'm smack dab there in the middle. Um, You know, I think the perspective that comes with, with just living life is really beautiful. And I don't know that I could have ever anticipated because maybe in my twenties, in some ways I was a little headstrong, like, Oh, I'm an adult now I've got this, but I don't know that I had it in the way I do now when it's, you know, my husband and I, we've, we've been through some things together. Now I was, I had melanoma when I was pregnant with our first child. So we went through, what does that look like when the phone call is not the news you were praying for. In fact, it's what you were praying against. And what does that look like as a couple to walk through that? And um, what does it look like the first time you have to call like for, for rescue for a child or something? You know, those hard things, they do in fact produce the biblical perseverance and character and refinement to be like Jesus. And that means that sitting here in my mid thirties, um, and it's not just all bad. We've been through some really joyful things too, but all of those help refine who we are um, and create this beautiful perspective. And I think some wisdom, I think some days I feel more wise than others, but it's just really, really sweet when you walk with the Lord and you let him give you that, that godly um, perspective of all the things you go through, whether it's, you know, the joy of birthing a child or some of the other hard things that I mentioned. Oh, well. So do you have friends that are kind of bookends on you? Do you have friends that are younger? Do you have friends that are older? So do you find yourself kind of connecting still with a little bit younger generation and a little bit older generation? 
Mm -hmm, I do. I'm in the end stages of a graduate school program, and I am for sure the elder millennial in a sea of youthful people. And um, it's really special, though. There's one one woman in particular. Her name is Grace. She's early 20s. And I was struggling with some, like, I would say personal branding. I don't know what my graphics should look like on social media and my website. And I'm panicking. And she met me for coffee, and she walked me through it, and she gave me her perspective. And it was that youthful, fresh, eyes perspective and her enthusiasm was contagious so I loved that with her I mean I think on the other end so you mentioned bookends I think I then have you know Joy Reyes who's one of my most dear friends she's the founder of New Hope Girls I have Allie when we get to go to events together and there is something really special about the people who have gone before you and can say yeah I've been there too Mm -hmm. and yeah that is really hard and ooh, that middle school transition as a parent and I love that that I have it on on both Cool. So how do you find that that shapes your conversations? Like, you know, do you got, do you have people you go to for advice, you know, or, uh, you know, like these are my go-to people for advice or, you know, or these are the people that I, I really love to have a cup of coffee with and process with. Yeah. And this conversation, it's interesting. It's making it very clear that I do have generational segments that it's not all young it's not all older Mm -hmm. Um, there are times that I I look behind me at who's coming up behind me even my own daughter even my 10 year old there are times where I'll ask her opinion and feedback because I genuinely need it to be different than the season of life that I sit in right now Um, I do love getting coffee with people who have have gone before and are generations ahead my mom um is in her 60s. I didn't say that out loud. She's in her 60s, but she's young at heart forever, right? And there's nothing to that. It's a blessing to get to live into your 60s and be vibrant and healthy. And she's one of the best advice givers I know. So I think when we can see value in every decade and every perspective, whether it is the more unseasoned and youthful, or it's those of us who are battle-tested and full of wisdom, it's just beautiful. I had a um, one of our younger friends. She was a, an intern here, a college intern uh, here in the Dominican. Her name's Lauren. And when she traveled back to the state, she's moving to a new city. And every church that she visited, uh, she was like, I don't feel, I don't, I don't know. So, you know, she was trying to find a church and, and, and she spoke to me later and she's like, I finally figured out what the problem is at these churches that people were inviting me to. They were not multi-generational. There were everybody in the church was the same age. And she was for a while there. She's like, I don't know why I don't feel. And then as she realized, she's like, no, no, no. I need to be in a church that has younger people than me and older people than me. I needed. And I had never thought about the importance of those multi-generational ministries, those multi-generational communities that you see in a church or that you find even in the workplace. Uh, I think it's so important. And so, you know, I was reminded of Lauren when you were talking about you know, just the, the shaping those conversations with a young person versus an older person and getting those perspectives. I think it's so important. So you are mid 30. So you've got a little bit before we celebrate your 40th and hopefully I'll get an invitation um, to plan your party uh, because I, I do plan a good soiree. I'm told. Um, but what, is, what, <laughs> and it's not a party. It's a soiree. That's it's the difference. Soiree. And um, because when you're 40, you need to change, uh, change like what, what, you know, what it looks like. But so what are you looking forward to in the next stage heading into, you know, that next phase uh, into your 40s? What is something that you're looking forward to? Yeah, I 
it's funny that a lot of the way I think is in terms of motherhood. And I think maybe I need to expand beyond that, but also there's probably nothing also wrong with that. Um, I think about how fun that my kids are going to become travel buddies and adventure buddies Mm -hmm. and think even more thinking partners and that we can dream together and I can watch them step more and more into who God made them to be. Um, I also think it's going to be really sweet to see our marriage transition into being parents of older children where there's less physical exhaustion associated with the role of being a parent. Um, So that will be fun for us as well. We were talking about that last night. Like, what's it going to be like when we can leave our kids home alone and we don't need to have childcare and and those things. Um, But then on a more personal level, I just feel like, God has already done so much in my life. I mean, truly, there are days I pull back and I'm like, how's this even fair that at mid thirties, I am just feeling like taste and see that the Lord is good. I feel that on such a deep level and I feel like I'm just getting started. So to think about all he's already done and all the invitations he's extended into his work and um, especially now working for New Hope and getting to do kingdom impact work, which is something that only hit in the last two years. So it took me you know, 32, 33 years of my life to get into this ministry role, I just can't even imagine what might be next, what he holds um, for the future for me. That's really cool. Because I think that, I think one of the things as we talked about, you know, the, 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 the people ahead of us and behind us, and I think all of us, we're, we are baton carriers to a degree. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, you know, there's that old adage of everybody should have a Paul, everybody should have a Timothy, you know, but I do think that all of us are baton carriers. Uh, there is a generation coming behind us that, that we can speak to and say, you know, I don't know everything, but I, I learned some things uh, from the time I was your age to my point, whatever your age is, you know. Uh, but then also, I think as we look forward to the next stage, just getting wisdom on how to navigate that stage well, um, yeah. you know, and being able to ask women who've been there, done that, and have all the t-shirts hanging in their closet and being able to say, okay, what, you know, how do I navigate this well? Um, yeah. and, and not being afraid to ask those questions. I think, you know, I think sometimes we have a mentality that if in our insecurities, that if we ask a question, we appear stupid. And it's like, no, people who ask questions actually appear to be wise, um, yeah. you know, and so being able to be comfortable to call somebody up or to talk to somebody who's gone through things and just say, what does it look like to navigate this? Mm. I like that. I got chills when you were talking about passing the baton, because I think that's such an important gift and almost that idea of what is our legacy going to be like and how are we going to empower those? And as women of faith, I think, how are we going to biblically empower? How do we have the right conversations that are lasting and, um, you know, really matter, really matter those types of conversations? That's good. Good. So tell me what you're enjoying right now. I mean, what are some just, but what do you just love in this stage of life that you're in right now? Well, I love where we live. That's one thing that I can't get over. And I can't believe it's real that the view out our back deck is as beautiful as it is. The community we live in is that small town. People know each other. People look out for each other. That's incredibly special to me. Um, On a professional level, I really can't believe that I got to publish a book. That was a four-year dream. That was something I believe the Lord um, asked of me. And there were some days that I wanted to give it back and be like, are you sure about this? Because it just was, it was a hard journey. 
And it is surreal to sit here in this place. um, And I'm just loving all that it means. I'm loving getting to spread a message of encouragement to women far and wide. And I think that that's incredibly special as well. Um, And then to work with people that I love so deeply, that are friends that feel like family, the girls of New Hope, the women of New Hope, it's just my joy. So there's a lot of things that are kind of intersecting right now to make this a really sweet season. That's well, cool. you mentioned your book. First of all, hold it up. Since we are on video, we'd love to see it. You know, oh, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and you match it perfectly today. That's awesome. Worth it and wonderful. So tell us a little bit about it. Yeah. Yeah. It is really driven from my desire to be an encourager to other women. I think there's far too many women marked by insecurities, far too many women to read was the point that won't ask the question, won't seek support, who feel discouraged, who feel like they're maybe living a fraction of the life that the Lord intended. And this is almost like a battle cry for biblical empowerment. Like the Lord has made you fearfully wonderfully. So who are you not to, who are you not to pursue the dream or to step into a room with confidence or to feel like it's okay to balance career and family because the Lord has made you so capable. Um, it's really about helping women live bravely with the lives that they've been given. And it feels like an incredible privilege that people will listen to my voice and will think that my ideas are worth reading and hopefully will be encouraged and moved by it. So rooted in scripture and rooted in biblical truth for how God has made us, but an an end goal of encouragement all the way through. That's cool. Because we, we, you know, we all need that from time to time. It doesn't matter what decade you're in, Uh, you know, discouragement's real. Yeah. And the reason for your discouragement may change as the decades change. Right. Um, You know, um, but discouragement is still a real thing. Shame is still real. Guilt is still real. Insecurities are still real from the time that you're, you know, a teenager to you're all the way in your older in your life. And sometimes I found that the older you get, sometimes insecurities circle back around in ways that they didn't exist in your 30s and 40s. And all of a sudden, you're thinking, where did this come from? Yeah. And and I do think that we all have to realize that these are battles, at least for us as women, which I can speak into because that's who I am. Yeah. Um, we these are battles that we as women fight for a lifetime. Mm-hmm. And and I think getting equipped to fight those battles well is really important so that as we get older and the challenges may get more daunting, um, we are able to we are able to have victory. And God promised it to us, so why not step into it? But a lot of times, uh, I love the title of your book. We just somehow feel like somewhere along the uh, the path of life, we've disqualified ourselves, or we've, uh, you know, or somehow we're not enough, or we're this, or we're that. And all of a sudden, that language that we speak over ourselves becomes the truth of what we believe about ourselves instead of, wait a minute, what did God say? Absolutely. Yeah, I tackle that. I tackle imposter syndrome, the mean girl, you know, the meanest mean girl that all of us know, you know who she is, right? She's our own selves Mm -hmm. talking to ourselves, the six inches between our ears. And um, what does it look like to move past self-care into soul care? Like all of these things, things that I've dealt with and probably you've dealt with and we've walked through. So there's a lot of transparent story sharing about, well, what did it look like uh, when I got the call that it was melanoma or the time I walked into a get together with friends and felt like I don't belong here. They're all just beautiful and contoured makeup and the beautiful hair. And that's not me. And oh my gosh, what do I do? How do I escape this? And so it's just a very real sharing because I think the more we talk about these universal experiences across all decades, 
the more we just encourage each other and the more we set ourselves free to be rooted in an identity found in the Lord. Yeah. That's yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think I there's think... people probably listening. I'm sorry, Allison. I'm going to no, give ahead. you a chance to say, but I think there's, I think there's probably people listening to the podcast who feel like, okay, wait a minute. She wrote a book. Mm. She's a missionary. She's, and, and so therefore these women don't live where I live. But that's what on things I love about these interviews is wait, you know what? We got up this morning just like you did, and we have our own struggles and, you know, and we have our own faults and failures. And just because, we do something that maybe looks different than you doesn't mean we're not basket cases <laughs> you know, at times. Right. You know, we're yeah. all messy. Yeah. It, it's a messy world. Go ahead, Allison. I cut you off. Well, no, there. I think it's the same thing. Uh, the isolation of uh, that, that, and I, and I feel like Satan just really just loves the, I, when women isolate themselves because of comparison or because mm-hmm. of our own insecurities or through whatever he uses and whatever we allow him to use. And then whatever we, you know, our flesh just allows us to, um, like, like you said, you walk into a room, I automatically don't fit in, but you know, what, where does that come from? And, you know, and so I'm so thankful that we're tackling it in that you're tackling it in such a transparent, in such a transparent way by just saying, Hey, this is what I'm dealing with. This is where I needed help. I think one of the, one of the funnest, um, I, your mother was so funny because we were talking about, you know, the writing process and we were, you were, you were right in the middle of that whole thing. And your mom was looking, your mom looked at me and she was like, I know you have a story. I know you need to write something down. And I was like, well, I've written a couple things. And so your mom was so encouraging, but it was to be able to sit with a group of women and say, I know you have something on your heart, or I know you have a, a skill that we see that maybe you don't see about it. Yeah. And that's what we do. And that's what we do on this podcast. We say, listen, every single one of us has this beautiful thing that nobody else can do or nobody else can be. Uh, and you're in this, per- and we, we try to encourage women to let that grow, you know, from the rooted deepness of, you know, just being in scripture and then just let it go because God has made you like, like your book says, worth it and wonderful. And so I think it's just an odd, it's just an awesome way to pull it all together, whether it's in this type of conversation and community, we encourage women all the time. You've got to find that community. And hopefully it's not going to be all of the women looking the same around the table. I think I was so encouraged by hanging out with, I'm always encouraged hanging out with, with Reba, who's just a teensy, teensy bit older than me. And then encouraged, you know, by the staff and at, at the workshop, who's like 20 years younger and, you know, and we're all coming together and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and encouraging one another in community. I think that's so powerful. Absolutely. So I'm excited. So we always end with a whole bunch of questions of just rapid fire questions, but because you're such an awesome communicator, you kind of went through some of those already. So we already know the answers to some of them. Uh, so we're just going to give you a few as you're in your thirties, let's hear it. What's your favorite. First of all, you nobody's watching. Nobody's judging. What's your favorite meal? What's your favorite food that you're just going to smash all day? What's that? I could eat pizza for breakfast, lunch, and dinner every day of the week. And I'd never get sick of it. There you go. You are my kind of person. And Amen. Spirit with Reba right there. <laughs> there you go. How about your favorite movie, uh, whether it's an all-time favorite or it's the latest one that you're favorite? Now. Y'all ready to laugh? Yeah. It is The Grinch, but it is, although I love the original, it's the newest Grinch. I can't get enough of it. Awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> I haven't seen that one. Good. I'm excited about that one. So the last final question, I think this is so important. We always end every single podcast with 
what is what what is um, something that keeps you rooted deep? Mm. The way I start my day is one of the most important ways that I stay rooted deep in the quiet. Um, I really believe in the example that Jesus sent where he went away when it was still dark and he found time with the Lord. And that has been such a precious and important thing for me in my walk with him is that every day starting in a place of reflection, prayer, coffee's always involved and um, journal reading scripture. Like when I start my day in that way, it's fundamentally different how the day moves forward from there on out. So that is my most important um, rooted deep method. Uh, that's cool. So now I have to, I do have to tag one thing onto that because I hear so many women in your decade say, I don't have time mm. to get in the word. I don't have time to mm -hmm. do these things. So I, I, before we leave this and, and sure. move forward, I think because we're having this decade discussion and because of what you just said, I think it's so important mm -hmm. to talk. I want to ask you, Tell me, how do you find time with small kids yeah. at home, with a full schedule, right? I mean, how do you find time to prioritize mm -hmm. this? Tell me what are some maybe secrets of your success yeah. or things that you found that's helpful. Well, I sometimes have to tell myself it's about making time, right? That the time's not going to exist if I don't make it exist. The other thing is I will let my kids watch TV if it means I get to go sit in the corner, read my Bible and be with Jesus. I also will look at them and say, I can get you a glass of milk in a few minutes, but right now I'm reading my Bible and I own the priority out loud to my children because 10 years from now, I want them to be the kind of kids that say, when I think about my mom, I think about a woman sitting on a couch in fuzzy socks with her Bible open. Like that's the example that I want to set for them. So I think as mothers too, especially knowing that's a hard season, if we can remind ourselves, our home is our ministry. This is ministry work. When our children see us in the word, when they see us prioritizing time with the Lord before the day starts, when they hear that reading my Bible is more important than the pancakes you want in this moment, because I have to be aligned with the father. Those are gifts that we give our children. And when we reframe it as take it, I think we sometimes think we're taking from our children when we take care of ourselves. But most importantly, when we take care of that spiritual piece of who we are, that's connected to the Lord, we are going to be incredible mothers to our children because we are, to your point, rooted in our faith and in the, in the father. Good answer. Wow. That's good, Allie. That is, that is so helpful at Caitlin, just because you, you have to make time, but also understanding that. Um, what the kid, because I, knowing the value, and I think all three of us have had that blessing of knowing what our families, our parents, especially our moms have, mm -hmm. um, have instilled in us just by their example. Uh, whether my mom is, um, uh, pray and drink water. That's her legacy. That's what everybody knows about her. Um, and she give said thanks. Prayer, she said, and give right. thanks. You have to be grateful. And so we all have, and I think that's beautiful that you're starting a, you're, you know, you're instilling that legacy. So it's not as important what we leave to our children as what we leave in our children. And I think that's, um, that's something we've heard over and over again. Um, so thank you so much, Caitlin. I have enjoyed yeah. this, uh, this interview so much. And, uh, and I just think it's, um, so important hold up your book one more time. And then we're going to let everybody also, uh, give, you've got it right there. Of course, if yeah, I, so it's book, I would be carrying it everywhere. Yeah, yeah, it's so going to we'll, be in the notes. We'll, we'll put this in the podcast notes. So yeah. worth it and wonderful. Caitlin Skaggs, be sure to run out and get you a copy. I know what you've heard already makes you say, yes, mm -hmm. I want to do yeah, that. So absolutely. we would we would love to. And, and maybe what we'll do in the future is have you back 
and we'll just talk about some of the stuff you talk about in the book. That would be fun too. I'd love that. That would be so great. This was so fun. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, you're welcome. Thanks for joining us on this decade. And, and everybody, thanks for joining us with Rooted Deep. Uh, we will be continuing this discussion over the next few weeks. So uh, we we're going to continue interviewing uh, at least one woman in every single decade. And we're going to, hopefully we're going to learn a whole lot about what it looks like to be a woman through time. And so until next time, stay rooted deep. Thank you for listening to Rooted Deep. To learn more about Dare for More Ministries, go to dareformore.org. And look up Mercy Workshop at mercyjewelry.org.